right, so it is now. There you go. <laughs> now time for. <laughs> let's see. You get to call the meeting to order like that. <laughs> First on the agenda is approval of the minutes for the last month, January 14th. Unless there's any objections, can we forward on approving? I, uh, Richard Harvey, approve the minutes from the meeting of January 14th, 2020. Aye. Okay, so meeting minutes approved. What you, so Richard moved. I second. He seconded. Second. Okay. You're good to discuss. Motion. Well, the motion hasn't been <laughs> no. So what we've done so far is the motion's on the table. He he made the motion. She approved the motion. Or seconded the motion, and now you got to talk about it. Okay. And then after we finish our discussion, then you all will vote. 
said page 14? Um, 11. This is page 11. Page 11. There's a, there's a memo. It kind of gives a little background and tells you what the conference is about. It's the equality equals equity plus quality. So there's some information. It's the 11 through the 14. There are some options as to what days you participate. There's kind of a pre-conference and even a post-conference. So it can be up to, I think, three nights four days, but it can be as short as the participation in the two days. So if you're considering whether or not you're available to go, there are those options in there of how long you would stay. Um, along with a staff member, Wanda Johnson, who, who is our nurse practitioner for our mobile clinic, will mm -hmm. likely be going for us as a staff person. And also folks from the Alameda County Healthcare for the Homeless Program will also go, members of their staff and members of their board. So they send one board member. Um, and then uh, similarly, they sometimes some board members choose to pay their own way and go. There's no restriction for people attending, but as far as what our budget allows, it's one staff member and one board member that we budget to pay for. The conference does include some scholarship opportunities. So if you're not nominated or elected by the board to go with us paying for it, you can also apply for a scholarship and, and they also have the opportunity to go to the participation. Um, but as far as what, because they're public dollars, there's limits on how much they are allowed to spend on things like that. So that's why it's limited. And then I would also say that, you know, in years forward too, you can keep in mind that if one person goes this year, maybe it would be something. have additional questions or things you want to know about? I mean, we primarily um, what are attending. our expectations yeah. while we're attending? Is there, a, is there a paper that's, you know, I don't know. Yeah, At the health mean? conference I went to, I had to write a paper on You know what I mean? I would imagine coming back from the conference, you would be presenting some of what you learned to the group yeah. mm -hmm. and, and kind of bring back some of the ideas that you learned from the conference back to the, to the group and be part of the discussion. We put you, we put you on the agenda. You on the agenda and expect to make some sort of presentation yeah. about what you did, likely. Should you guys decide, it's your yeah. board, you decide. But here's this is what I would okay. Um And then as far as behavior or, you know, like, expectations attend the conference if you're attending the conference mm -hmm. that's why you're going so mm -hmm. it's not just a vacation to right. Phoenix but you know it's work it, yeah so it would be a, a working attend the sessions and learn as much as you can and um, you're representing Alameda Health System so we expect you to behave in that kind of manner yes. What's happened in the past? If I may start uh, what's happened in the past? Um, um, I sit on the board at the, the trust clinic, and um, people have gone in the past. Uh, I've gone for a workshop, which is not the same as a conference. That's totally different. But um, 
basically, um, there there's so many um, things going on at a conference in terms of um, symposiums and um, talks or lectures, um, and with our with the group at the trust clinic, some of those members decided the ones that did go to to last year's conference, for instance. Uh, made a conscious choice about which um, actual uh, things that they would attend that they thought uh, mostly applied to the clinic itself. Um, and for them, that was a way of being able to uh, at least uh, have some sense of direction at the conference about where, where they thought their focus ought to be. Um, and then you have then you have other people who go to the conference and will go to everything that they possibly can, um, and it's just um, at the trust clinic, uh, it was kind of left up to the individuals. Uh, they were given kind of a rough uh, um, kind of structure, but then within that structure, they had uh, their own choices to make in terms of what they thought was um, important for us to possibly know or know more about. And so that that occurred. But um, in this in this with this group and given that we're talking about a hospital as well, um, I, I think uh, I, I think it would be very different for you guys for, for, for us here because I think that more would be expected that you would um, hopefully go to more things um, so that there's a more broad based discussion about things and, and not all uh, and not all completely specific about only one or three or four things. So that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, I'm only I'm only talking about it because because uh, um, we've had people go from our group. Like, uh, last couple of years and uh, each time each person or each group that's gone has done it differently um, but that's what we've done in the past. Uh, in fact there, there's discussion at the trust clinic of who's going to go as well from the trust clinic to, to, to go to, to the conference. Is there any, would anyone else either want to self-nominate or nominate someone else? We have two I want to bring up because it's important at, at our group too. Um, if you're going to apply for a scholarship in any, in any way for a conference, the sooner you know that you're going to do that, the better you do it early because it because they only have a certain amount of money and they will run out of money. And so, if you want to send um, people on a scholarship, uh, the early uh, the earliest uh, they can know that, the better for uh, the opportunity for them to be able to provide them a scholarship for people to go. I should say that. Why they should be the ones to go? 
Um, I've had the privilege of, uh, for the last three years, of attending um, on scholarship, uh, the PCORI Conference, and also the HEART Conference, which is the Health and Research Conference. And uh, homelessness has been a, uh, a huge topic in these conferences. And there is so much money for research projects, I mean, tons of money, if we can just get the people hooked up to it, you know. And that's really my passion. You know, I, I've shared that with the people in K6 too, you know, the, the directors up there, that there's all this money. If someone just wants to, you know, um, sign up for these research projects, I know it's, it's a project, but so many good things come out of it, you know. It's so, it's a wonderful opportunity. And so I would really, that's my reason for wanting to go is so I could um, learn more about what this coalition does, and then also how the other two organizations that I work with um, can intertwine. There you go. Um, my reason for uh, wanting to be on there would be uh, having been uh, homeless for over five years, living on the streets. I also want to see how well things align with uh, reality because uh, reality and ideas don't always coincide uh, harmoniously and so uh, some of the things that I've seen in, in conferences uh, for homeless in the past uh, don't always align with, with what's factual on the street and so I want to go there so that I can uh, verify what they're doing is is correct and if not uh, uh, try and give solid input as to what's really going on on the streets because uh, uh, I'm working very hard here I'm one of the, the big activists here in Oakland working with uh, homeless everything that you're hearing on the news about homeless issues here in Oakland uh, myself and several uh, advocacy groups were all working in concert so you're, you're literally hearing about what we're doing here in Oakland. Uh, right now, uh, next week is the big clean out of the Home Depot group. So I'll be down there next week. So I do a lot of support and work alongside with the homeless and directly with the advocacy groups here in Oakland. Speak up a little louder. Sure, sure, I, sure. I don't hear a lot of what you guys say because somebody everybody talks like this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I we'll go ahead and take a vote. Say. We're gonna go ahead and take a vote. And if you would like to vote for Loretta, uh, please raise your hand. So I mark three. And then if you would like to vote for Derek, is there a nominee? Please raise your hand. I see seven. So it's three to 
seven till Derek Sue is our nominee to attend the Healthcare Fellowships Conference. Um, the motion passes. The motion passes to send Derek Sue to the Healthcare Fellowships Conference as our cap member. I, I totally blanked on that vote. I thought we were voting for two. We did. We, did. we we voted for Loretta. For Loretta. Okay. And then we voted for Derek. Okay. I thought I missed something. No, you, nope. you, you got it. Right okay. <laughs> um, do you also want to recognize? Yeah. So uh, we also want to recognize uh, Niha, or another cab member, just joined us. Thank you. Sorry, I'm late. Um, okay. Thanks, everyone. So um, for our next agenda item. We actually have a um, report out uh, from Neha on the, who's the committee chair for the ad hoc committee to hire our medical director. I didn't get a chance to talk with you prior to, but since both of us are going to be doing this, why don't I give just the background educational part and all of that? You just go ahead. If there's any gaps, I'll fill in. You go. No, you can do that second part. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We don't have to fight about it. Um, we interviewed, can you hear me? Uh, yeah. We interviewed two candidates for the position of HIV Medicine Association Minority uh, Clinical uh, Fellowship in the East Bay. And he's held four positions, a medical director of Urban Male Health Initiative, medical director of health care for the homeless in Alameda County, both of these are Alameda County, an intern, an interim director for health care for the homeless again for Alameda County, and chief clinical officer, health needs uh, for Boston, He has had, <coughs> pardon me, he has held many 
He'll be able to join us next. I would. I, I'm not going to guarantee it'll be at the next board meeting, but he will be on board by the next board meeting, and we'll put that on the calendar. And uh, we'll see if we can get it. All right. Okay. So our, our next agenda item, we're flying through these, um, is actually from Heather. We'll have our um, 2020 performance goals. Well, first we have our. Um, Project director report, then we uh, have our performance goals, but no worries. We have both. <laughs> um, 
continue to have uh, no compliance issues that we know of. So um, we did have our, we were intending to have a compliance monitoring session with the county at the end of January, but that got rescheduled. So it'll be happening at the end of February. So we'll know more after that meeting. But right now, there's nothing outstanding in the compliance area for us, which is always on top of mind. Um, so we started our new contract with the subrecipient agreement. And one of the goals of the contract was to see roughly 100 uh, clinical care patients per month. And in our first month, January, we got uh, 103. And you may, if you remember previous months, it was usually around 83. So the team has worked really hard to um, generate <coughs> patient visits by making good selections on which sites they go to see and also doing outreach at those sites ahead of time to make sure that they have the patients there ready to be seen. And we've been working with our partner organizations as well that we go and visit to help make sure that we're leveraging that resource in a good way that really utilizes their time while they're out there. Um, one of the other areas is this idea of enabling visits. And enabling visits are the visits that they have with the community health outreach workers to support other social determinants of health that the patient has. And so typically you will see more enabling patient visit encounters than clinical encounters. And that's because the community health outreach workers see every patient that the clinician sees plus patients that the clinician might not see. While they're doing some outreach, some patients aren't ready to see the clinician yet, but they're still doing an assessment with those patients or figuring out what they might do to help get them in to be seen. And so those enabling services count as well. So it is pretty common to see more enabling visits than clinical visits. And we're still working on our uh, data and integrated technology. This right now is the season for our annual reports. Um, remember our program works on a calendar year. So right now we're busy counting up all of our services that happened from January 1st, 2019 through December 31st. And that report is due to HRSA uh, very soon, I would say, uh, I think it's Friday, might be Saturday, but um, we've given almost all of our information that the county uses to her, so we have one document that we're still working on that will be sent over to them, but most of the information has been submitted already. After that, what happens is HRSA receives that data, reviews it for what they think might be discrepancies based on, I'm gonna say, algorithms, you know, if they see something that just doesn't seem right based on what data should look like, they usually give us some feedback to say, why is it like this? This doesn't look right. It shouldn't be like this. Um, you, you have to have, there must be some explanation. And then sometimes we feed back explanations, um, and then other times we fix an error. Because sometimes there are errors. Um, so that happens. We're still working with our data governance committee as well, and we're working specifically to better identify our people experiencing homelessness within our health center. This is an area of quality improvement that's really important to us. And we have some challenges with our system right now on making sure that that information is solid and dependable. So we have a, a data governance committee that's working on that. We have been selected by our Alameda Health System Foundation to be the program featured at the annual gala. There's a gala every year by our foundation. Our foundation is our fundraising arm for the health system. And every year they pick a program to feature. And that during that, when you're the featured program, 
They do something called fund a need where they tell the story of your program, they give a lot of details, they'll do a video, they'll get patient stories, there will be pictures, there will be an infographic, um, there will be a lot of information about specifically the mobile health clinic. So I know our program is bigger than that, but right now we're gonna focus in the, with the foundation on the mobile health clinic, it's a featured program. And so what will happen is an auctioneer will go up at some point and say, all right, we're working on our fund need, and people get to bid on giving us money. They'll, they'll say, um, who wants to give us $5,000 to help somebody experiencing homelessness um, with their housing? It might be that we use that money for housing for either respite care or first month rent. Or we can use it for lots of things, but what they want us to do is provide these categories that they'll be able to say, hey, what would you like to give for? And so my um, mobile health team came up with a couple of ideas. The primary one, so we like to do them in different stages. The primary ones were housing. That was the big one. That's like the big dollar amount. Housing is expensive, so it's the opportunity for people to give a big donation in one fell swoop. Um, another one of their ideas um, we are talking about <coughs> is this idea of bridging the gap for healthcare. Uh, our team talked a little bit about you know what is their real strength, and it is they had some great patient stories that they were telling as we were trying to discover what would be a good thing. How do we tell the story? How do we get people both um, uh, excited to give and compelled to give? Right? Like, so there's that. There's that. I feel like I must give, but also like feeling really good about giving because they feel like it's going to make a big difference. So we want to be able to share some stories around that. And they were talking about um, a specific patient who um, they saw on the van who had. Um, had, I, I think there, the issue was around the hernia, and that the patient had not had care in a very long time, and had been completely disconnected, and didn't even know that he had health insurance. Mm -hmm. And so when he came on board, they discovered that he had health insurance. They made an appointment for him for the next day to see somebody. The patient was seen, and part of it was even this idea that the patient really didn't think it was that big of a deal. And through working with the team, kind of came to terms with, oh, this is a big deal. I need to get this taken care of. This really is impacting my health. And it's it's bad. I, I've been saying it's not bad, but it really is bad, and it's time. And and it, it made a really big impact on this person. Um, and so that's like one of those stories. And so that the bread and butter of what the team does is really that connection. Somebody who's been disconnected, who they are able to, to catch out in the field and discover that they have health make arrangements, not just the appointment, they also, you know, arranged for transportation, got them their transportation to their appointment, the patients made it to the appointment, and these are some of the things that the patients really struggle with. Um, so I was trying to like capture, what, what are we gonna call that? What you really do, and one of the things that we're calling it, well, healthcare, that's one way, I have this idea of using three H's. Uh, housing, healthcare, and hygiene, for example, or housing, bridging the gap, and hygiene. We're still working that out, but we want your feedback too on what are your ideas. Um, find out what you like. Um, probably this this uh, this healthcare connection, this bridging the gap, is going to be in the middle range. So if we have people giving at a large level, like at the five thousand dollar range, that's housing, and there's more like a five hundred dollar range, that's the healthcare gap. <coughs> and then the hygiene. We talk a lot about hygiene kits and how important and how good it, it makes people feel 
to have an opportunity to have hygiene tools, um, how much of an impact it makes for people to, to feel like they can be clean. Um, uh, women specifically who are menstruating, for example, having the equipment they need. Um, and also, all people, uh, we found a lot of patients just having, we have these bath wipes we use, and how, how much better they feel getting to use them and having access to them and feeling like that they don't always have access to, to water and, and they're able to make a connection with our team. Um, there's a lot of stigma around coming in for your healthcare provider and, and, and not being clean and being able to provide that has been really meaningful for a lot of the patients as well. So we want to be able to, to highlight that and allow people also this, this easier early access to give, right? Oh, you, 10 hygiene kits for 10 patients, that's just $100. Easy to give, easy to give. Lots of people will give 100, right? So that's what we're hoping to do. Um, so I'm, I'm giving you a lot of details about the gala because I would like to get your input and feedback on some things you might, some ideas you have on how we can also highlight the program, talk about the program, engage in the program. You have the opportunity also with these materials to invite people that you know who would support our program. I'm pretty sure even the, um, like the auction, I think you can do it online so you don't need to be attending the gala in order to give to the program. Um, but also there can be invitations for people to attend the gala so you have connections and resources to people who um, value the work that we do. This would be something that you could send them information on, invite them to, tell them how you're engaged in it, um, so that we can really make an impact at the gala for the program so that we can extend the services. Is there um, any kind of media announcement, like going out uh, in advertising, TV, radio, print, uh, about this gala? There is a team that works on sending the information out. I am not, I don't know of any radio or TV. Yeah. It's usually more around the personal contacts and invitations um, as compared to being like a public event that's, that might be wider spread. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times it's, it's the vendors that we use in our okay. health system or the partners that we have that, that kind of get invited and then, but there might be this broader opportunity to, to publicize, for example, the auction and have a link in even when you're not present. Yeah. Will we have access to, to those? Okay, yes. I, I have a lot of people that would be interested. That would be fantastic. There is some stuff in your packet, and if you go to the Alameda Health System Foundation website, it is also available there. And I think in your packet, there's, um, the, the website is available and you can see it. So you can probably even just tweet it out. I'm pretty sure, because okay. I, I was looking earlier, how do you, how do you <coughs> spread this information? Tweet it, Facebook it, you know. That's what I want to be doing. No, that would be fantastic support of just yeah. tweeting the information out and Facebooking it. Social media, I do it. Eric, can I be? Uh, no, they should just cover, I was trying to find out where you got it. I was just kind of make another suggestion as to what we could use money for, and that's food, maybe stipends that would come down on the research. I don't know how that could be happened successfully, but that would be something I would imagine that uh, people can always use food. 
most other health systems, excuse me, or other hospitals I've been to in the past have their own internal magazines. They're typically published in-house. They're delivered and read by <coughs> members of the staff, but they're not so secretive. They're not so secretive that if they wind up in a patient waiting room, it's not a big deal. And the question is, uh, has this hospital ever had an in-house hospital magazine of any kind that actually patients could actually read that would actually get the word out, so to speak? Um, especially for people, when you're thinking about the homeless population, you don't necessarily have, you may know people, uh, or people who are, are, who I would say, who are, who are housed, but don't have electronic means, but know people, know certain organizations because they have direct, um, they have direct contact with them. And um, kind of like um, giving the choir the chance to do a singing to other people uh, about the very issue that everybody has in common, more or less. Um, but they got to be able to see that, and I just wondered if, you, if there's an in-house publication that the hospital actually has. Not that I know of. Not that you know. I, I don't. I, I've been at Alameda Health System for a long time, and I, I, I cannot remember. See. I, 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 I'd like to put that out there as an idea. Maybe it doesn't serve the purpose for this particular fundraising, but maybe I think it'd be great if, uh, if uh, there was a com community magazine of sorts about the, actually about us and about what we do here and, and we're proud of that and we want to let people know and uh, as a patient, here's what you should know. That's why, that's why those, those magazines are in the waiting room. Because we want you to know what's going on. Yeah. Just an idea. Because other hospitals in the past have done that.
And uh, with your new access to your Alameda Health System emails that we were able to connect you to today in some cases with our handy dandy IT folks who were here, please feel free to send me emails or call me. around the subrecipient agreement prior to the approval of it. And now it's approved, and so now we're just reviewing some of the important features of the subrecipient agreement and what will we be paying attention to this year. So there are specific performance goals that are, these performance goals are around the health center. We have the mobile health clinic, which is a specific program, but the health center is kind of the bigger part of our work a little more embedded in the Alameda Health System, and it really works hand in hand with our ambulatory care and our clinics. And so these are bigger health center goals and not the specific RBA metrics that we had attached to last month's meeting that were specific to the mobile health clinic. Okay, so these are our big system goals. So health screening, we talked a little bit about this, um, about it when we were talking about data and integrated technology, the health screening. And one of the goals for 2020 is that Alameda Health System will demonstrate regular training activities of registration and enrollment staff to ensure that homeless and housing status screening is carried out in an effective manner, including sharing copies of training materials, dates of training sessions, et cetera. So this is one of the ways that we're gonna show that we are skilled and effective in documenting people experiencing homelessness is by showing that we've trained our team, these are the materials we use, and they'll review those materials in some of those monitoring sessions. We also will be doing some projects around data validation. So I talked a little bit about like, we've got this data, but we're not sure that it's actually accurate. In some cases, because of a lack of training and people doing it incorrectly. And in some cases, just if there's a system error, a report spitting it out, and it's not the same as what we put in, what's going on, is there a, a gap in, and the connection between where we check the box and where the report spits out. So the validation will help us find out what are the root causes for some of the problems of the information not being correct, <coughs> whether it's in the front not being gathered correctly or somewhere in the middle not mapped correctly within our system. Um, one of the issues that we've had is the ability of clinicians to see that a patient is experiencing homelessness, and this is something that we're working on, and so right now, not all clinicians throughout our system have the ability to see a patient's housing status. Some can, not all of them can, and so we need to, one of the areas we're gonna work on. Um, so these are the, the reason their goals is because they're challenges we have and we wanna make the system better. So those are some things around screening and data systems that are our goals for this year. All right. Um, in addition, so now we're on to the next set, the, Health Center System of Care. In our health center, we have a lot of services that are required to be considered a health center, including primary care services, enabling services, behavioral and specialty care services, all those services that are in our scope of work 
Do you remember we kind of approved our site list and we also approved our scope of services? And so we have things that are required and we need to make sure similarly that they're being utilized and that the system is moving a patient if they need multiple services that we can see that all of those services have been provided to those patients. And so there's gotta be an identification that they need the service and then some verification that they have the service. So who, who tracks that? Well, so Epic That's will track goal. that, right? And so part of the idea is where do they track it? How are they screened? Where the screening is completed? Um, how is it tracked that they got the service? And then how does our system spit that out to us? And this is another goal is to tighten that up and make sure that we are screening the need for the need, tracking that it took place, and able to report that it was done. And, and some of those, they're not all there yet. Right? So not, not all those links are made. That's why we've made it a goal. Patient experience and patient satisfaction. There are a couple of things going on with patient experience and patient satisfaction. In the mobile clinic, we have a very specific patient experience um, tool that was developed at Alameda County Healthcare for the Homeless Program that they like us to use. They're updating it, and they're going to want us to use that specifically on mobile. Here at the, at the larger health center, we use a standard survey tool to gain patient experience information. And one of the challenges is that we aren't able currently to pull out specifically those patients experiencing homelessness from the large data set. We have a large data set that will say, patients at Alameda Health System think this about the services at Eastmont, at Highland, at Newark, at Hayward. And our partners really want us to be able to see, but what about the people experiencing homelessness? Is their perspective somehow different or less positive than those who are not experiencing is there a difference there? And would you be able to show us patient satisfaction specifically for people experiencing homelessness? We can't do that right now. We don't have a way of doing that. And so you'll see that there is an expectation of an action plan by March 31st, 2020. We need to explore, could we do it? What would it take to do it? What do we need to do in order to do it? What are some options? So we have to create an action plan to kind of figure out if it's possible. Uh, do you know, Heather, what is, what is keeping us from Well, I would say it starts with that first screen around which patients are experiencing homelessness. Yes, so we're so adding a field. If you, we, and we have a field that, that identifies people experiencing homelessness, but when we get to see the, the organization that is doing the patient experience survey, they're not necessarily having that marker as an identifier to split the data. Right? They, they can may be able to split the data. They can split it by site. This site says this. This site says that. And they may be able to split the data on gender. Women are saying this. Men are saying this. Other genders are saying this. And there can be a difference, and they, they can see that. But they don't have homeless as one of those things that they can split the data on. Um, what we have, and we haven't really dug into what the opportunities are. So I also don't have a real clear answer yet on well, what. What do you need from us? I have a list of people that I know because I've checked the box. I have MRNs. If I gave you those MRNs, could you split the data? We haven't asked yet. So we're just not quite there yet um, on creating the solutions or asking whether they're possible. But it starts with the first screen. That first one on, did we screen them correctly? And okay, we did, but it's an external agency that does the patient experience data. And it's, 
and it's intended to be anonymous, so they're not going to give it back to us with the MRN numbers attached because then that eliminates the anonymity. So there needs to be some other methodology that we can use. Thanks. Would it perhaps be the health outreach worker that would follow up? Um, not necessarily. In, in the mobile clinic, yeah. So in yeah. mobile clinic, um, it's a very direct Here's the survey they handed back. We enter the data. It's not. It's. I would say it's not anonymous. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're handing it right back to us. We can see it. It really isn't separating the patients from their their data. It does in the data system. Like it's it's not identified as belonging to a certain person. But it is. We are administering our own survey, and there is bias that goes along with administering your own survey and handing it right back to the person who just provided the care for you, right? So, but that's what the county has asked us to do, so we will do it um, for the people at mobile. Um, and the, the larger system, we, 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 by using an external agency, we remove that bias, but we're having this problem then of getting the data back specifically about a subset of our population. Okay. Um, Similarly, our, we have a goal around um, reviewing and overseeing any fees that are charged to patients, specifically our patients experiencing homelessness. Anytime I'm saying health center patients, they're really only the healthcare for the homeless patients from the homeless health center. Um, if they are in error, incorrectly charged, then making sure that we're able to see that and reverse them in a timely manner so that they don't then also go to collections. Um, so we've had some challenges with that. Um, especially in the mobile clinic, when um, we launched mobile clinic, it was a system error that pushed the bills out. Even though they were supposed to be held back, that's been fixed. We launched Epic. Similarly, they weren't supposed to be pushed out. They got pushed out. Those charges have all been reversed. So you have to keep an eye on it. And then we also um, are looking into then, well, how do we look at the rest of the healthcare for the homeless center? So we have a real good system for, for checking mobile. Mobile is tight and monitored and supervised. The rest of the health system is not as tightly monitored and supervised for any errors or incorrect charges. So we have to develop that system figure that out. So that's another goal. Um, our 340B discount pharmacy participation. Um, there's a transition happening where Alameda Health System is primarily going to be responsible for all of their own 340B. So they kind of are saying that in this program goal. Your system is developed, you're ready to go, it's all you. And Alameda County Healthcare for the Homeless, Healthcare for the Homeless Program is kind of stepping away from having to monitor it. So that's what that sits there. Um, patient grievance, this is very similar to the challenge that we have with our um, patient experience. We have a system that collects all of the patient grievance uh, information and, and incidences but it's not stratified by the fact that we check them off as homeless. The system doesn't allow for that. Um, since it's an internal system, they do have MRN, so we think we can probably do this, but this isn't something that we've, this is something they've newly asked us to do, so we haven't developed our system yet. Um, but similarly, um, when they initially asked, we weren't, we weren't ready yet to do it. It was, it was complicated and we hadn't figured it out. We still haven't figured it out. I need to put together an action plan by March 31st, 2020. And again, exploring what are the reporting options out of this 
system. If they're attached to MRNs, it's really not that hard. I do a reverse lookup. It's an Excel spreadsheet. Like, I think we can manage it, but it's really about can a report spit it out for me with the MRNs? If so, then really it's kind of pretty quickly checked off. I'm hoping it's that easy. Give me a report with MRNs. I'll do the rest. Um, and G, we've done it. We can check that one off. Performance right. gold met. Right. <laughs> Any questions? You want to see those again? Where are we at? to know going forward is as far as the patient grievance um, and adverse events um, I'd like to know whether or not going forward that we as a as a body would have the ability to actually look at what the nature of what patient grievances are we don't need their names we don't need their sexes I just want to like I just like to see what it is that patients do complain about, because that's only yes, the only way us in this body can make decisions in regards to what kind of care goes on. Um, that's a whole part for us to know. At least I think it is. So um, there's going to be this action plan, and I think that's a great suggestion for what gets included on the action plan, right? So when I create the action plan, it will probably include a little bit about how to find these things, and then what do I do with that information once it's found? And the action plan could include, for example, that it gets reported out to the board, to you, every quarter, or you know, at a frequency that you guys would want. And that's, you have the authority to do that. You have the authority to inform the action plan for sure, and then also to create actions within the board that says we want this information from the agency so that we can make decisions. And then you ask them. You could put it onto the agenda, for example, as a request, or, you know, again, you're, you're gonna see the action plan that we create. Okay. And at that point, too, I mean, if, if you wanna add in that you want to approve the action plan, you, you guys could do that. Um, 
Michigan as a new, we're, it's a new body, it's a new entity, and we're, 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 it's all new. So yeah, what, whatever you like, you just tell me. You notice I didn't say um, uh, um, in requesting such information that um, I, I did preface by saying no names and, oh, yes. and no sentences we because then I don't want to get in trouble with this guy. Yeah, we, 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 any information that gets brought to you will be absolutely um, de-identified, thank you for the word, um, de-identified information and would be okay. along trend lines and these are the things that we're seeing. Okay, because yeah. I know that's a privacy policy thing. Exactly, so. exactly. That can also affect how we look at the budget We, I would, what I would say is, again, the things that you're simmering on when you leave today um, and thinking through, I bring this up to you and tell you about these goals so that you can provide input um, and also know that they're happening so you can create action, you can ask questions, you can ask for things to come to you so you can be engaged and involved. So I'm hearing, I'm hearing some direction um, on, on how I can draft my plan. And what you might like to see, feel free to discuss more about other things you'd like to see in these action plans so I can include it. I'd like to say one other thing. Um, just for the future, I would like it to be made more clear because I'm still not quite clear about exactly how does one go about engaging this lovely lady in order to, uh, our lovely chairwoman, in order to put something that I'm interested in on the agenda. And. Um, I don't know yet who I should be talking to about that or when. And we don't have a phone tree, as it were. Um, so, you know, at least not to my knowledge. So, contacting different people on the board, um, may, and some people may not, as I have in other on other boards. There's some people that would prefer not to give out information, whether it be their name, even their address, even or even their phone number. So uh, if you're that specific about that, I, I believe me, I understand that some people are. But I'd like to be able to, in the future, be able to contact somebody to be able to say, I think we need to talk about this. Um, that way I won't keep talking out of turn because I'm so used to another meeting style at another place, which doesn't do what we do here. So. So. What I would say is right now we're on this item and in a moment on the agenda where it's co-applicant board member comments, you are free to comment and, and talk about things, including asking that question, getting clarification on that question. Okay. So that can work there. Okay, that's at the very and, end. Yep, we're about to get to it. So okay. we're getting close to the end. Does that sound good? Okay, that sounds good. My only other question was, uh, what was the name of the new director again, and will be able to access the resume online, or is it just intangible for us? <coughs> His name is Dr. <coughs> Dr. Damon Francis, D-A-M-O-N-F-R-A-N-C-I-S. Um, I'm okay, sure that we're the, we have the, we have the, the resume, digitized. but they can send it after the group. Yeah, okay. we'll send it to you, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we'll send it to all of this. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else on this topic on the on the performance goals? And the, the that was on, that was on topic because we talked about the project director yes. number G. So yeah. you're you're still good on topic. 
Just out of curiosity, uh, um, the, the current director, when when does his duties commence, or have they already done so? February 23rd. February 23rd. And out of curiosity, um, what, if anything, happened in regards to the other candidate? Was that candidate um, up for another position uh, within, within AHS? that I just thought maybe uh, there might be somewhere we could plug him in that he might do us some good as well. The other guy that didn't win. Um, but I just, that's, uh, I just wonder where he might have gone to, that's all. No, he's That's what I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting because yeah, he told me that. Yeah, he usually be dead for hours to get to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, so any of the like reminder emails can respond to that or something. Like that. Um, as long as it's before seven days before. Usually we are post. Uh, we're preparing the agenda and all the materials about a week in advance. So um, it's actually about ten days in advance that we're prepping them. So if you don't get to us before then, it's kind of hard to work it in. Okay. Um, and, and just also the reminder of if, if we're sending out an email to the large group, just respond only to the person who sent the email. Don't reply all. Okay. So any anytime we send, if, if everybody CC'd on there, the, re the reply is only to the person who sent you the email, not to the group. And that's just to make sure that we don't inadvertently have uh, a, a, a meeting online. And I, there's only one other thing I'd like to, um, I'd like to bring up too that um, you might be able to clarify or qualify. It, um, in another group that I'm involved with, um, they they some representatives to the kind of um, uh, uh, conferences that uh, that we discussed earlier. And one of the things is typically in the past uh, I've seen it where the body sends two people, like in this case we're sending two people. But then, but then there's other um, scholarships that are offered by the actual um, uh, sponsor of the conference, uh, in which other scholarships could be provided for additional people to go. And so I, um, I, I could be wrong, but did I, did I miss that, or did I think, or did you guys actually offer 
more than two people to go with additional scholarships. Yeah, we, we mentioned that additional scholarships are available, yeah. so any any member of the board, if they wanted to, could apply for a scholarship to mm -hmm. attend. There's no restriction on the number of people who attend. Okay. There's a restriction on the number of people our grant can pay for. Oh, I see. Okay. And so we, through our budget, are sponsoring an employee and a board member, and you're all welcome to either apply for a scholarship or pay for it and go on your own. Like, mm -hmm. And you would be grouped up with your team and interact with them. You're, you're still part of the group, but yet those are additional opportunities. You can do that. And there should, in your packet, there is enough information for you to explore those if you so desire, or those options. Okay. You go to the National Healthcare for the Homeless Council website. All about the conference. I just want to second what Mark was saying that it'd be great to see the action plans for those performance goals. Do you want to? You, do you want me to make it? An, uh, uh, you can. You guys sure. approve them. Sure. Yes. Suggest that as, suggest <laughs> that as an agenda item. So you get to be the opportunity to approve those action plans. There you go. Okay. Done. Um, I know it's I know it's new. It's just an agenda item. If I, if I mark it on the agenda in that way, it will become an action. I get and I get what you're asking for. So no <coughs> will you see the action plan before <coughs> the meeting? Yeah, before the meeting. All of the materials get sent to you at a minimum 72 hours in advance. We're usually sending them to you the Friday before the meeting. So we're required to send them to you 72 hours in advance, but we do it on Friday, so we don't have to come in on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Are there yeah. any additional comments from board members? I have a small announcement. For, um, so next month will likely be my last month for a couple of months. I'm in April <laughs> or early April so um, I would probably take April and May off likely you'll hear more awesome pictures <laughs> um, just so you know I'm not, I'm not I didn't disappear I'm just recovering <laughs> you're having a mommy <laughs> exactly. yeah. okay well thank you yes I was just going to say um, if, oh. if I want to put something on the agenda I'll let you know as soon as Possible. Yes. I just can't think of anything right now. Yeah, and you can let me know too. I, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a good, yeah, I'm a good substitute if she goes into labor early. I'm available. Oh yes, ma'am. No, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. So um, we thank you everyone today. So we will call um, the meeting uh, and adjourn the meeting at 6:46 p.m. Thank you all.